Hello and welcome to Aubrey C.D. Speaks. Well, here we are, day 3,706,520 of quarantine. <laughs> or at least it feels that way. Oh, wow. Should I call this the special coronavirus edition? Or is that being used so often that it's no longer anything of importance to say breaking news, coronavirus, blah. Jeez. I know there are people that think I'm absolutely crazy for a lot of things that I have said on my social media. Um, Twitter. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> But um, I got a lot of things to say, and I don't necessarily think I'm going to say all of it in this episode. Um, I've never, I've never really um, gotten political. I don't think I, I have at all. Um, in uh, in my episodes here, uh, and I don't necessarily think I'm going to right now. Um, it, this isn't about politics. Um, this whole issue. Um, this whole experience, what's going on, this really isn't about politics. This is about freedom. This is about decisions. Um, choices. This is about our future. This is a moment to ask the Lord, where are we going from here? And I'm not necessarily saying that because I'm scared of this coronavirus, COVID-19, China virus, Wuhan virus, whatever it is that we've decided to call it right now, this isn't necessarily something, well, um, I think I'm going to start with, with this. I'm going to start with this. Believers in Christ, the prophetic words that we received as a church body, not according to denomination, but what we received as a church body has not gone away. Just because this coronavirus has happened, it has not gone away. Now, what it is doing with this whole coronavirus is it's helping us if we weren't very, if we weren't very solid when it came to discernment before this moment, now is a time to walk in discernment and begin to go through those prophetic words and ask yourself, which one of these prophetic words were not spoken from the Lord? And which ones actually were? Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying that every prophetic word from prophet, Pastor, the people that walk in that anointing, um, I'm not saying that because maybe they got it wrong this time that uh, they'll get everything wrong. I never, I don't like to count people out like that because we're humans. We make mistakes. I mean, good grief. It's going to happen. Um, but um, what are they saying now? That's, that's where you, this is where you come in and bring discernment is, what are they saying now? What are the supposed prophetic words from the Lord now? 
because those that speak from the Lord, that have been speaking from the Lord, that have given you words, prophetic words from the Lord, are going to continue saying the same thing. They're not going to change what is being said according to the situation. Because God doesn't suddenly go, oh, oh, there's a pandemic. Oh, well, uh, gee, I didn't know about this. I'm going to have to change my words. No, he's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He knows it all. He knows every situation that will arise. So hold on to the prophetic word that has been given to you. Even as a body of Christ, it's still yours that has been given to you that has consistently stayed. And know this, the year is not over. So those words that have been promises of blessing, of prosperity, of, of more of God, they're still there. They, they didn't become null and void because of coronavirus and because of quarantine. I'm a witness. Let let me tell you my experience so far of of this coronavirus thing. Um, We, how am I going to put this? In in this time, we've we've had it rough sometimes. Okay, this is how I'm going to put it. We've had it rough sometimes where we've really, 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 really had to believe the Lord to bring money for food in. And I had to really stand on his words that he he wouldn't let us go hungry. He would always provide. During this quarantine and stay home mandate, ordinance, whatever you want to call it, which is completely unconstitutional, but I digress. We have never had more food. And it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. You know, I would say maybe a day or two days before this whole thing happened. My husband went shopping because usually he's the one that goes and get some things, especially when we do it a day, day by day kind of, um, thing, getting groceries and getting things that we need. A lot of times we do it day by day, especially when our church is doing 40 days of the Holy Spirit. We kind of just go day by day. Um, anyway, my, my husband went to the store. He went to Target to get diapers and things like that. And since we needed toilet paper, he just decided to go ahead and get some at Target. And he got, he called me. And then when I came home, and I saw it when he came home, I was like, oh my goodness, he wasn't kidding. He got this jumbo bag of toilet paper. I mean, it was huge. Um, I never knew that Target carried this, and they were up and up. And I never knew that Target carried these huge jumbo packs of toilet paper. And he was like, I don't know why I bought this. Because normally he buys the smaller ones. Especially since, you know, it's day by day and we can just go out and get more, you know. But he's like, I don't know why I bought this huge pack of toilet paper. But, you know, we needed some. And I just thought, well, why not? It's, it's one less, you know, outing to get toilet paper. 
And so, you know, I know it's crazy. It's huge. But, um, but I got it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, huge bag of toilet paper. All right. I, you know, whatever. And then, <laughs> then the, <laughs> the toilet paper panic of 2020 happened like the day after or two days after. And I'm watching as these stores are completely out of toilet paper. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> only you knew. And Holy Spirit, you spoke to my husband. <laughs> you told him, buy that giant pack of toilet paper. Because he was even like, I have no idea why I'm doing this. But I felt like I needed to get this. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that you provided a jumbo pack of toilet paper uh, for us. And and it happened to be the same time we were moving. And so we're moving, <laughs> we're moving during this whole coronavirus scare. <laughs> and we got this jumbo pack of toilet paper. That was back in March, okay? We are still working on that package of toilet paper. <laughs> seriously like this is a good example of letting holy spirit lead you and guide you because the it may be crazy but he will make this happen i've told you guys the story of um of the time when the lord told me to to give him my entire paycheck and i got paid every two weeks okay and i lived with my family and i helped my family financially but the lord told me to give him my entire paycheck and, um, and I did it. And I mean, I was like, oh, okay, Lord, <laughs> this is better be you. And, um, there was a lot of issue when that happened, but I did it. I did it in faith. And, um, I'm pretty sure I told you all this story about how, um, I went, I had enough for gas for one week or the Lord supplied it or something, but I went an entire week on empty and my, my, my car didn't, you know, it's gas thing. Is not messed up or anything? I went an entire week on empty. It was on the E and I went to back and forth to work every day. I went to church, um, and, and had no issue. And then the, the very day that I got my paycheck, um, I was going home from work and I was like, oh, there's a QT right there. I'll just stop at that QT and, and get some gas since I have money now. And it literally went and like it died um, because it was out, finally out of gas at the gas pump. The Lord supplies things. 
when you act in faith or you listen to him and obey, he will supply all things. And during this pandemic, if you even really want to call it that, but I digress, the Lord will supply all that you need. The Lord will give you everything that you need. The Lord will supply and he has supplied. He supplied our family. He has given us more than enough. And it's been such a blessing. And my kids have never had so much cereal. <laughs> and you may be like, oh, well, you know, my kids have never had so much ramen. <laughs> but the Lord's really blessed us. And... And Kenneth and I were talking about it the other day. We're just completely undone by what the Lord has done for us during this time. This time could be really hard. And there are some people that are having a really hard time. And I want to, um, I know some of y'all, this is on your hearts and for others other believers or anybody or anybody listening really like if you have food make sure your brother or sister in Christ has food make sure others around you have what they need and and be willing to share and yes I know there's this virus thing that's going around but don't let it put fear in your heart and keep you from taking care of the ones around you I know people that, that have things that won't help other people and they're hoarding stuff and they won't help other people because they're so afraid of the sickness. Well, honey, if you don't have it, if, you, if you're not sick, then leave stuff at somebody's door, knock on it and run away. You did it as kids. Come on. You can do it now. Take care of the people around you. The Bible says if you have something that your neighbor needs, and, and you don't give it to them? Like, that's wrong. And the Lord has supplied things. And I've already told people, you need something, you tell me. I'm not saying that for you to be polite and put your pride up and be like, well, um, I'm just going to, you know, it'd be kind of embarrassing or whatever, you know, to, to say, you know what? We could use some eggs. No, tell me. You need butter? I will give you butter. You need sugar? I will give you sugar. So know that if the Lord's blessing you and has blessed you to let you keep your job, but you know other people don't have it, have their job, and they've got little ones to take care of, do something. And, and you know, you can't pay their rent. That's okay. That's fine. Put food on their table. <laughs> give them some of your to toilet paper that you're hoarding. You know, like... Do something. Do something. To bless them. Because you've been blessed to be a blessing. And there have been years. Oh, I'm getting emotional. There have been years where I've been on my knees. And in times when we've had nothing. Absolutely nothing. In times when I have been on my knees. On my face. Asking God. Uh, to, to bless us. So that we could be a blessing. 
I have asked God to prosper us so that we can prosper others, so that we can invest into his kingdom. I'm not bragging or anything. That's that's not what I'm doing. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying that if, here I am in this position, I've asked the Lord for years to use us and to bless us to be a blessing. And he is blessing us in this moment and in this time, exactly as I've asked him to. Honestly, what I'm saying is the Lord's been blessing you in this time. If you're blessed to have a paycheck every week, then let's take care of the ones that don't. Um, let's take care of our brothers and sisters in Christ that haven't been getting a paycheck every week or, I mean, anybody, anybody that, that needs it. Let's take care of one of uh, one another because this is the time to shine the light of Christ and, and be a light in this world. Um, in this, in the midst, there's a lot of people that are afraid. There's a lot of people that are scared stiff. And so they're very scared right now. And, and they're doing everything they can to protect the ones that they love. Now, they don't have to be mean and dirty about it. Um, but, um, but I understand their, their reasoning. With that being said, um, those of us that are healthy, let's not walk in fear. Let's take care of each other. You know, I'm not saying contact, you know, you know, you know, keep to the rules at all possible. Um, but help each other, take care of one another, you know, shine the light in this world, you know, be, be a light in the darkness, you know, share Christ, share the gospel. And, and that doesn't mean just smile at a person and walk away. You have an opportunity to get, tell the lost person the gospel, give them the gospel because now is not the time to draw back, to shrink back from doing such things just because you did a good deed. Uh, you have an opportunity, you know, and, uh, and so use that opportunity because you never know who doesn't know. I know that the Texas is the Bible belt of um, the Christian world. I, I don't know. It's the most ridiculous thing. But you don't know who it is, who can, I mean, who's going through this life not knowing the gospel, not really knowing what the gospel is, um, and not really knowing what they have to do to be saved, you know? Um, and I know that for a fact, I've had experiences in this state where people are like, I've never heard that. And it's like, really? Because <laughs> there's a, <laughs> Texas is a place where there's a church on every corner. How have you not heard the gospel? And they're like, I didn't know that was the gospel. Like, that's what the gospel is. I thought it was just music. <laughs> so be a light in the darkness, preach the gospel. Uh, let them know that there's hope. And my husband just, my husband told me about somebody that he talked to um, just this weekend that um, wasn't born again. And with all this scare going on, was really scared and cried out to God. And God answered him. And um, he's, he's been completely changed and his fear is gone. And his anxiety is gone. Like, this is what God does in this time and season. He can turn this around for the good. 
it may not look pretty. I mean, I don't know what state you're you're listening in or what country you're listening to this in, but let me tell you something. Just because it doesn't look good doesn't mean God can't change things. You know, um, <laughs> I guess I can, the way I can say it is, you know, when it comes to things like this, you know, God's pretty, God's a rebel. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't play by the book, the world's book. You know, uh, Psalms 2 says that he sits up in the heavens and laughs while the nations of this world are, are trying to figure out ways to get rid of him. And he laughs. He laughs at their, their disdain. He laughs at their hatred. He laughs at the puny little things that they're trying to do to um, nullify him. And he laughs because they can't. He laughs because they can't. I mean, the earth is his footstool, for goodness sake. You know, God can turn anything and everything around for our good. Anything and everything. Look at all the things that happened to Job in the Bible. All those things that happened to Job. And what did God do when he answered? After all of that, what did God do? He blessed him with more. He gave him more. He was filthy, stinking rich before. He was filthier, stinkier rich after. He had more children than the last time, and they were faithful to God. Everything that Job had that came from God before God gave him double, because there was none more faithful than Job. And I'm not saying, gosh, I'm not even going to put a disclaimer on that. Be faithful. Obey God. Listen to Holy Spirit. Let him lead you and guide you in all of this. And if people don't like how you're being led and guided, and so they're protesting. I mean, I have I had somebody on Twitter the other day, and, you know, whether or not she called, I care less. But I had somebody on Twitter the other day trying to get somebody else on Twitter the other day to, hey, yeah, yeah, elbow, lock elbows. Yeah, yeah. Let's call the judge in her county and and report her for negligence. <laughs> for what? For saying that I have a constitutional right to do things? To say I'm not afraid? For what? Because of something that I said on here? Like for what? What kind of negligence have I been doing? I'm not going around coughing on people. I'm not going around being stupid. I mean, before this coronavirus thing even happened, I was mostly at home. And during this, where have I been? Mostly at home. I mean, yeah, I go to church. But do you honestly think that going to church, <laughs> gosh, is any different than going to these stores? Do you honestly think it's any different? It's not. 
There you are, touching keypads at the grocery store. Do you know how many people have touched that keypad, gloved or not, at that grocery store? <laughs> that just that just gets me every time. I mean, like, seriously. I've seen people get all upset and um and they're they're walking around and they got gloved hands. Like everybody else has gloved hands. And then what do they do with those gloved hands? They're touching their, their uh, steering wheel with those gloved hands that have been contaminated. They're um, touching their, their, their door handle with those gloved hands that have been, been contaminated. They're touching their groceries and their kitchen cabinets uh, with those gloved hands that have been contaminated. And then they take the gloves off and put them in the trash. They've already touched everything. I mean, seriously, seriously, you touch the keypad at the store and people are gloved and not gloved that have touched that. There are people that have coughed and sneezed on that. And there are some people that still pick their nose as adults. Touch that. All right. And not everybody's using sanitizer as they go in the door. And not everybody's using sanitizer as they're walking around the grocery store. You touch the grocery cart. You are touching bags that other people have touched. You're touching groceries that other people have touched. Um, disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And then you're going to get upset with me for going to church and seeing people that I see all the time. I'm not hugging them. I'm not touching them. We're staying six feet apart. We have sanitizer at the door. We can use sanitizer anytime. We can wash our hands anytime. But you're going to get mad at me for going to church. <laughs> when you've been at the store touching all kinds of yucky things. It doesn't matter if you're gloved or not. If you touch those gloves with those hands. Nasty. If you touch your mask as you're taking it off. You are putting anything and everything that has been contaminated. You're just, you just contaminated your hand taking that mask off. Like, are you really thinking about all of this? I'm not saying this as a hard-hearted person or anything. I understand some people need to be taken care of properly. I just FaceTimed my Nana this morning. FaceTimed my Nana this morning because I'm keeping her safe. She is currently, thank goodness at my parents' house and not at some nursing home. Um, I'm living in a county where the nursing homes are getting hit. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm being careful. But here we go. I have not forgotten that I have constitutional rights. I have rights. And no, this coronavirus does not eliminate my constitutional rights there is actually a law you are not to go contrary to the constitution that's the whole reason we are to have constitutional lawyers is to make sure there to be a balance to make sure things are done properly and we have our rights constitutionally and there are no laws that go contrary to to 
the United States Constitution. That's the whole reason for the Supreme Court justice. They are there to be the the leaders and the guides of the Constitution. They're supposed to be the ultimate when it comes to the Constitution and judging, therefore, to make sure that all laws are done constitutionally and not and that there are not laws to take away our constitutional rights. No law can be made that goes contrary to it. Therefore, in cases such as this, you cannot take away a person's constitutional rights. And I'm sorry, but martial law is contrary to the Constitution. And you have every right to stand against it. Martial law is unconstitutional. That's why there are some leaders in this country, and even in the past, that were very weary, wary about even putting out martial law or declaring martial law because it is unconstitutional. You know, things like this actually... Okay, I love going to school. <laughs> it took the Lord to be like, look, honey, I will show you things that you cannot learn in school by a book. And he did. And that's the whole reason I got out of college. I, I would have continued. I was going to a, uh, a Christian college. And uh, I probably would have continued happily. If the Lord was like, I'm, I'm about to show you things that man cannot show you. You have to experience them. And that year was full of experience. <laughs> I saw things that some people would have told me were not possible and completely impossible and do not happen today. There are so many people that I knew that went to certain schools that um, they went in full of faith and full of Holy Spirit and full of vigor and full of believing in the word and came out Calvinists. Did I just say that out loud? I sure did. Ugh. And I'm so glad the Lord took me out, even at that time, even if I wouldn't have been one of those. I'm so glad the Lord took me out because I learned things, the rest, I learned things that year that I would not have learned in a classroom. I would have maybe even heard about, but I would not have experienced. And I experienced things that gave me such a solid foundation in Christ that I just, I can't, I can't go back because I cannot say it didn't happen. <laughs> I digress. This kind of experience wants me to go into constitutional law. Uh, not to be a lawyer. Not to be a lawyer. No, no. Although, I, I remember growing up. <laughs> I, I, I grew up where people were telling me that I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> I had a lawyer, okay? Uh, a cousin that was a lawyer uh, by, you know, he was my cousin by marriage. So I can say was because they divorced. But I had a cousin that was a lawyer that told me, you should be a lawyer. You should go into law. <laughs> You're good at this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, and he told me I, I was smart and I, I should go into that kind of thing. 
Um, and I didn't because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to live my life arguing. Uh, but I, I, he told me I was good at arguing. <laughs> but now I'm kind of like, maybe I should have gone into law. <laughs> Gets my like academic itch, you know, itching. Because uh, um, I, I want to I find out myself, you know. According to law, what are my rights? What completely indiscriminately when it comes to situations like these, beyond what I can find out myself, which I love researching. I am a research nut. I love doing the research. I am a proper researcher. Okay, I am a liberal arts major. <laughs> And a lot of people like to laugh at liberal arts majors, but um, excuse me, we're the ones that can do the proper research. <laughs> All right. Um, I'd say doctors. Doctors would be pretty good at doing research. Maybe some businessmen, marketing maybe. Uh, well, definitely marketing. You need to know how to do proper research if you're gonna, going into marketing. Um, but... Um, I I know firsthand that there are engineers that cannot do proper research. I need to. Um, but um, I'm a liberal arts major, which means I was taught how to properly research. I was blessed to have very good professors that um, they didn't um, cloud my brain. Or maybe it was because I wouldn't let them. I don't know which one. But um, they didn't cloud my brain with a bunch of nonsense. So I wasn't a liberal arts major clouded with a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I, I was there to learn. And um, so it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Um, and I won't say that I'm a pro. Like, I'm... Well, no, 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 no. Wait, no. <laughs> I won't say... That, you know, I'm the best researcher on the planet. Because there are some resources I cannot get into unless I pay for them. And quite honestly, if my husband would let me, I would pay for them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would spend all my time researching. Um, but uh, I love researching. I love doing research. I love doing proper research. And, and I, I tell a lot of people, look, if you're going to stand on whatever you're going to stand on, know that what you're standing on is true and not just what somebody else says, like, you know, the media or whatever, because we all know that the media lies to us. I mean, it doesn't matter what side of the lane that you're on. We, we, we all know that the media, you know, embellishes things on purpose. They've got to make money. You know, they've got to make ratings. So we all know they lie. We all know they exaggerate. But, uh... You know, make sure you're looking at the real stuff. Make sure you're looking at this, the articles and the information that is true and proper and not just according to what um, a celebrity says or what a um, uh, media says. You know, make sure you're reading from the experts. And even when you're reading from the experts, make sure you're reading from more than one expert. Make sure you're getting from both sides of a, of a, um, of a theory. Make sure you're getting both sides. And, and from those both sides, come into the middle. You know, find your place in the middle. Uh, because that's, that's the way you got to do it. That's the way it's got to be done. So there you go. That was free. 
but I love I love doing that, and I've I've done a lot of research on this. I'm actually I actually want to get into some more, especially in this in this kind of a moment in predicament. I think uh, if anything like this happens again, if we ever get into that situation, something like that happens again, I want to know. I want to know where I stand. I want to know what my rights are. I want to know. You know, Paul was really good at uh, the Apostle Paul was really good at uh, getting out of certain situations. And there were other situations he couldn't get out of. I mean, he got stoned a whole bunch of times. Okay, he got beaten up a whole bunch of times. But there were other situations when it came to the law that he was very comfortable in. I don't know if, have y'all ever really looked into that? He was very comfortable in when it came to the law and what his rights were as a Roman citizen and what his rights were as a Jew. And uh, that man was amazing. Paul was amazing when it came to things like that. And I'm like, you know what? There are, I need I need to know some of these things because there are the things that I've learned growing up. Thank goodness I was homeschooled. Thank goodness I had parents that love history. Thank goodness that they thought it was very important for us to know our constitution, for us to know our American history, um, and, and for us to know who the quacks are. Like, I'm so glad. I am very appreciative of my parents for, for, um, making us, learn this and and it was something that was discussed often in our home uh and and I'm so happy about that I'm very appreciative of that because I may not be in I may not have been in this situation right now or I'm going hey wait a second that you're taking my rights from me I know that that's not law that's not constitutional because and so uh I'm up for a nice little challenge here I'm up for um uh getting into law I wonder if I can do that Hmm. It's worth looking into. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Only do what the Lord's like. Go for it, babe. Um, but um, but yeah. So you, you just got a little bit of me. <laughs> you may not have known. <laughs> anyway, um, know what your rights are. Know what your rights are, because there are okay. There are judges. Here I go. There are judges in states that are getting uh, too high and mighty. And suddenly they're like, <laughs> I saw a meme that somebody put up. <laughs> Where's the emperor from Star Wars? And he was like, <laughs> unlimited power. And that's pretty much what they're, a lot of county judges are, are going with. Um, they suddenly think they have all the power. And they can put into law whatever they want and that people have to obey. And, uh, and there are a lot of threats going on right now. And there are even some, uh, judges in some counties that, uh, have created hotlines, um, for people, for neighbors to call, um, to report other neighbors and, and, and honestly, okay, so I put this Twitter up about how I learned about the Red Scare. And I, and I, I started learning about it in elementary school, okay? Uh, really fascinating. State of Texas taught that. Or maybe it was just my history teacher. I don't know. But um, I started learning about, you know, the whole Red Scare and communism and 
what happened in America during all of that. And then I had these wonderful parents. I have these wonderful parents that uh, love history. And that's a part of American history that <laughs> that um, was discussed in my home. And, and both of them are military brats. So uh, both of them were born in the 60s. They're military brats. They're, they're, their fathers were career military. And so there are a lot of things that they learned from that. My mom especially, since she lived on base most of the time. Um, there are a lot of things that, uh, that they learned with, with all this, even with the Red Scare and, and their growing up. And, uh, and it's really interesting to listen to them and, uh, to have listened to them about the whole Red Scare and communism. And they were not shy in telling us like all the things that happened. And I remember in elementary school laughing about how crazy scared and freaked out and panicked the American people were because of what the government was telling them. And, and, and even as elementary student, I think I was a fourth, fourth grade, fifth, fifth grade, even as a fifth grader, I thought, Oh my goodness, these people are freaking out. And it's, it's so dumb. Like they're just listening to whatever, their government, the government says and going with it. And, and it's so much so that they're calling, uh, reporting people that are, it's like the Salem witch hunt. Okay. Salem witch hunt. <coughs> people freaking out because maybe red scare. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Red scare because people freaking out because, you know, maybe war, war of the world's people we're listening to this radio story, this radio program, freaking out and panicking, committing suicide, killing one another, uh, 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 raiding grocery stores and stuff because they thought they were being attacked by aliens. It was a radio program, people. Freaking out. <clears throat> okay? And <clears throat> there are a few things that have happened. I mean, I was born in the 80s. There were a few things that have happened, you know, here and there. But not to this extent where here we have a, a version of a, a, a millennial version of, uh, is it millennial? Whatever generation this is version of the Red Scare. Where there are governmental authorities that are giving people a bunch of Mrs. Beardsley's hello and a bunch of Pentecostal witches Hello, the authority and the right to call their neighbors, to call authorities against their neighbors. Like, you know that the ones that are calling and reporting are a bunch of Mrs. Beardsley's. Okay, that's what I call the ones that uh, stand there at their door or stand there at their uh, window and watch people in the neighborhood or go around and they're it's like they don't have enough time on their hands and and so they go around and they they have to know what their neighbors are doing down their block and if you're not doing something according to the HOA they will report you okay now we have governmental authorities giving these Mrs. Beardsley's the opportunity to report on people that they don't like it's, it's not even people that are actually being negligent. 
It's the people that they don't like. And they're reporting against them. We have people that are reporting to the police about churches that are that are essential, that have been deemed essential, wanting them to close down because they could give everybody get everybody sick hello the christians aren't the ones that are going around making people sick nero okay rome didn't burn because of the christians coronavirus isn't spreading because of the christians hello all right but but we're we're in a situation in this country that is very dangerous. For one thing, the judges, you know, like in the certain counties, like that need to be voted out. Like people don't forget this. Don't forget how the judges in your county got all high and mighty and tried to take your constitutional right because they decided to be political about this. You find somebody who will be willing to take a stand and you invest in them. Because it's in these moments that it tells everything. It shows you who a person really is. The ones that you were pretty sure uh, something wasn't right about them. And you find out in these situations that your little gut feeling was correct. Vote them out as soon as possible. You're worried that the um, political atmosphere might be against what you believe? Start talking. Start talking. Use your words correctly. And let them understand. Help them to see. I mean, a lot can be done when you talk to people. You can persuade people. Especially in these instances. You let them know what their rights are. You let them know what the law says. People start thinking. They'll start using their brains. Anyway... There are people that have died from this. A lot, the, the majority, the, the large majority of them are senior citizens. And my heart goes out to those families. And all but one grandparent is still here. And I take it seriously. Her care I take seriously. And so, um, you know, my heart goes out to the ones that have lost their loved one, their family member. Or members. Some of them it's not just one. It's more than one. My heart goes out to them. And and I truly feel for them. In this time. Of, of sorrow. And, and, and how heartbreaking. That even in the funeral. You can only have so many people there. And they have to be six feet apart. And, and my, my heart aches for you. You would have loved to have celebrated their life in a different way. And you can't because of this. The stupid coronavirus. And you would love to have a, a little bit of extra time with them, but you couldn't because of the stupid coronavirus. My heart goes out to you. Those that are vulnerable to this, I understand your need to stay inside. And I'm heartbroken that it has to be that way. And I'm heartbroken that you're, you know, doing your best to not go insane during these times. I understand. And, uh, you know, those that I know that are, you know, that, you know, are vulnerable to this. 
I'll do what I can to help you out. Just let me know. I'll do what I can. You want popcorn? I will get you popcorn. I will get you a big boss of popcorn. You know, uh, I would, I would love to help you any way I can. Uh, I've got family that's, you know, they, they're considered vulnerable in this state. I will help you whichever way I can. But I will not let go of my rights. Stay home. Stay, stay in a safe place. Stay home. I'll go out for you. I am a healthy girl. I will be happy to go out for you. I will leave everything at your door. You don't even have to see me. But I will not let go of my constitutional rights. And it's not me being a fool. It's not me being stupid or selfish. I've been told I'm the most selfish person because I won't let go of my constitutional rights. How un-American of you. Okay, well, if you're stuck somewhere in a house and I can help you, would you want me to help you? Would you want me to, uh, would you want me to be the one that gets you that extra roll of toilet paper because you can't go out? There are people that are willing to help you out that are healthy, that are not afraid of this thing. It doesn't mean that we go around finding a person that's positive coronavirus and, you know, telling them, cough on me, please cough on me. I mean, that's, that's idiotic. But I will be, I will help you any way I can because I can go out. I can go get stuff. I can go buy things. I can deliver them to you. I mean, like, you should be appreciative of the ones that can go out and do things for you. They're not being stupid and foolhardy. Neither am I. But I have constitutional rights and I will stand on them. And I will stand for them. And when they are trying to be erased from me, I will protest against those who are trying to take my rights. I have family members that have sworn to protect me and others from threats both foreign and domestic. And I take that seriously. And so I will stand on my constitutional right to do what it is that I have the right to do. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Too bad. Call me when you need help. I'll be happy to get things for you. Now, that does not mean that I'm trying to go to the, a theater. They're closed. Like, what exactly can I do except go to the grocery store? I mean, please. I do go to church. But I would be happy to get things for you because I can. There, I put that out there again. And that's not me being foolish or being idiotic. That's me knowing what my parameters are. And, and doing something with them. That is my sphere. I'll get things for you. You stay home. Done. I got a Zelle account. Send me the money. I'll go get it. You don't got money? I'll be happy to get you what you need. It's as simple as that. Let us help you. Those of us that are not afraid and understand our rights. And will go out to the grocery store. 
and do everything that you need, laundromat, whatever it is that you need, will be willing to do because we're not afraid of this. And at the end of this haul, you'll live, I'll live, and everybody will be happy. Okay? All right. <laughs> but really, things like this need to be said. And, and, and it needs to be spoken out. And, and believers in Christ, you cannot be afraid. You cannot go in fear. You cannot live in fear. There is no fear in love. And perfect love casts out all fear. So if you are really a born-again Christian and you walk in Christ, you do not fear. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to worry. You continue going day by day in his love. If there is an ounce of fear in you, you just stop where you are and go, God, reveal your love to me. I need your love. I need your perfect love love because it'll cast out all my fear but do not walk in fear do not allow yourself to walk in that darkness because okay in Psalm 23 it says though that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil see he said I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod your staff they comfort me he fears no evil during his walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't need to fear any evil. You don't need to fear. The Lord is with you. There's no room for fear when the Lord is with you. There's absolutely no room. Because if you're walking in fear, you can't walk in faith. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? If you are walking in fear, you cannot walk in faith. Fear and faith don't go together. They don't go together. They don't belong together. They don't mesh. Faith is fearless. It's bold. It will stand up through the test of time. Faith is solid. Fear will take you into a darkness that you may never get out of. If you do not humble yourself and ask for him, ask for his perfect love. If you do not do that, you will not overcome fear. And you will not make it. And I'm not talking about you'll get coronavirus and die. I'm saying you will not make it to the end. Those who endure to the end will be saved. A walk in Christ is not a walk in the park. It's not flowers and bubbles and fairy tales. It's endurance. It's a test of, en of your endurance. It's for moments like these where you say, no, devil, I will not walk in fear. I will walk in faith. I will walk in his perfect love. I will be consumed by his perfect love. And if you still, in, in the midst of all of this, still walk in fear, I encourage you to ask yourself, are you really born again? Or have you been living a lie? Are you truly born again? Did you cry out to God? And I'm not talking about some prayer 
that somebody nice told you to say, because they, they asked you, don't you want to live with Jesus forever? Don't you want to go to heaven? You don't want to go to that nasty old hell. Don't you want to go to heaven? Well, then pray this prayer with me. No, that's not even the gospel. You know, Jesus loves you. You too. Well, then pray this prayer with me. The biggest false gospel I've ever heard. And it burns me up that anybody, anybody, if anybody has done that to you, oh, that burns me. So if anybody's done that to you, you just, you just black out everything that they said and they did. I want you to actually be born again. I want you to know where you are and who you are in situations like these, because it's in these situations that really temper whether or not you're born again. These are the moments. This is the whole reason. The word of God builds you up. This is the reason why the spirit of God is burning inside of you. This is why you need to be filled with the spirit. Filled with his spirit, walking in his love. These are the moments where it really matters. These are the moments you need to know whether or not your foundation is Christ. Because if it's not, you're living a lie. And you need to get born again. Or everything that this world has to offer, it's just, it's going to still kill and destroy anything and everything you have. And not only that, everybody will know. These are the moments where everybody will know whether or not you really are born again. You can't fake it in these moments. This is truth serum moments. And I'm finding out every day the ones that are really born again and the ones that are just trying to get a paycheck. And I love them. And I pray that the Lord opens their eyes. But you need to really know if you're born again. You need to know that if you, if you die today and you're standing before God, if you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, because it's going to be that which decides whether or not you're born again. It doesn't matter what prayer you prayed. It doesn't matter if you were baptized as a baby or as a teenager or whatever. The baptism doesn't matter. The praying the prayer doesn't matter. It's whether or not you are clothed in Christ. It's whether or not God responded to your repentance and and took out your heart of stone and put in you a heart of flesh and you were changed from that moment on that you were crucified with Christ and that you no longer live but Christ lives in you whether or not you are not your own person these are the moments where it matters you need to know where you stand and who you are in Christ. And don't try to tell yourself and comfort yourself in saying, I am really born again. I- I'm really sure of it. I- I'm pretty sure of it because I said that prayer. Or my, my, I-, I felt really bad that one day and I said, sorry. You need to know if God responded to your repentance. That's where it matters. The response. Because a lot of people think that they can say a prayer or they can say sorry or they can say the words that are on the back of a booklet. And, and there's a little bit of tears and that's it. And there's not really anything that changes inside of you. 
You kind of live okay, nice, but there's nothing inside you that really changes. You can be book learned when it comes to God, but it doesn't matter in the end if you're book learned. What matters is if he responded to your cry of repentance. If you humbled yourself and in that humility, he responded because he does not respond to pride. He only responds in an act of humility. He will not respond in, I want to go to heaven. So God, I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe in you. He doesn't respond to that. He responds to when you humble yourself and you say, you know what? I deserve hell. I deserve hell. I've lied. I've cheated. I know what I've done wrong. I know that I've sinned before God. I know that if God looked at me and I had every piece of something that I know I did wrong and I willingly did it. And if it was all over me, he would not see an ounce of me. It would be every single wrong thing that I did. It would completely consume my life. And I know I did it. And I did it proudly. I did it willingly. Nobody caused me to do it. I, I broke those laws. I did what was wrong. And I need him to save me. And you cried out to him. And he responded. And you know when he responds. It's not a maybe he responds. You know when God responds. Because in that moment of response, he pours out his love. He pours out such a love. You're completely changed. You're completely changed. And maybe even in that moment, you know, maybe you're not too sure. But as time goes by or something happens, like even my, okay, my pastor talks about how he said, okay, to God. There was this one thing he needed to let go of. And God said, I'm not going, I'm not going to do anything unless you let that go. And, and, and my pastor said, he, he told, he told the Lord, okay, okay. And but one day, but I think, I think he said the next day he was driving and he's usually, um, like, you know, <laughs> an angry driver and somebody behind him was, um, was a little too close, you know? And so he decided he, 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 he thought, oh, they must be, they must really need to get somewhere. And he changed lanes for that person to go faster and go past him. And that's when he suddenly realized I never would have done that before. That's something I never would have done. And I just did that. I thought of that other person before me. Like, that's something that happens. And he realized what God did in him at that moment. He's not the same person. You are not the same person. When I got born again, the Lord told me to trust him. And do something that was very hard for me, which was submit to my dad. And it didn't matter how crazy my dad got when it came to his demands and, and what he wanted me to do, which my dad was very controlling at the time. Um, it didn't, he, you know, he's like, just, just say, okay, yes, sir, just do it. And when your dad is mad and he asks you why you're obeying him, you tell him, 
that you're not the same person. I said, okay. So I obeyed my dad and I would say, okay. And I wouldn't fight my dad. I mean, he demanded some crazy stuff. Call when I get there, call in the middle of it, call when I, I leave. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I say, okay. And I realized the change in me that happened because I was submitting to my dad in a way I never submitted to him before. I hated being controlled. I mean, anybody hates being controlled. But I mean, I hated it with a vengeance and I controlled other people because I hated being controlled. You know what I mean? And, um, and I, I stopped all that and it drove my dad crazy. He was not born again at the time. And it drove my dad nuts that I would just submit to him. And he would ask me, why are you doing it? And I'm like, cause I'm not the same person. The Lord changed me. And I saw the change in myself. Not only that, I was happy. I mean, I, I hadn't been happy in a long time, not in that way. So when God responds, he completely changes you. And so know whether or not in this season, if you're really born again, and if you are not born again, humble yourself before the Lord. Acknowledge the fact that you willfully sinned. You willfully, you've, you've willfully done what you know is wrong. According to your conscience, you know you did wrong. And cry out to Jesus to save you. Save you from yourself. Save you from your sin. To pull you out of sin. To bring you into salvation. To know God. Put your faith and trust that Jesus died for your sin. So that you no longer have to pay the price of sin, which is hell. And eternity without God. Put your faith and trust that Jesus willingly died for you, took on your sin on his life, paid the price for you, resurrected after the third day to sit with the father so that you can know God, so that you no longer have to be a prisoner of your sin. So no, you no longer have to be a lawbreaker, somebody that goes against their conscience. And watch God respond and completely change you and be willing for, to have that change in your life. Like I said, Kenneth talked to somebody that in the midst of this coronavirus, in the midst of fear and anxiety, he finally cried out to God and God responded and he's no longer the same person. That, that is proof. He was so happy to hear Kenneth preaching on the street corner. That is proof of a person born again. That's never the same. God takes away the fear, the anxiety of moments that can happen like this. And he's a happy person. He's full of joy and love. So do not fear. Don't be afraid. Stand up for truth. You are an American citizen. And I know it's kind of odd, Christian, American citizen, rising up. But you have freedom and you understand what freedom is. Stand in the liberty and the freedom that Christ has given to you and given to you as an American citizen. 
and let others know the truth, both the gospel and their rights as an American. Be blessed, guys. We'll get through this. It may not be rainbows on the other side. Stuff might get a little bit harder. This might be just a prelude to Christ returning. But whatever it is, endure to the end so that you may be saved. See you next time.